and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one glimmering page of Talmud every day. And in today's page, Beits on Nine, well, we read about optics and bad optics and the way things seem and sometimes really shouldn't seem to us. Have a listen and it'll make it clearer. But didn't Rav Yehuda say that Rav said, wherever the sages prohibited an action due to the appearance of prohibition, even if one performs the act in his innermost chamber where no one will see it, it is prohibited. The Gemara answers, this is a dispute between Tanaim, as it is taught in a baraita. One whose clothes fell into water on Shabbat or a festival may spread them out to dry in the sun, but he may not do so opposite the masses, i.e. in a place where people can see him, lest they suspect him of laundering on Shabbat. However, Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Shimon prohibit doing so even in private. What a fascinating question! Are there things that we're technically sort of allowed to do, but that we shouldn't do, especially when other people are watching? Because, well, maybe it would seem like something inappropriate is going on. And to help us tackle that question, welcome back to the show, my dear, dear friend and one of the most brilliant rabbinic minds working today, the CEO of B'nai Zion, and the host of the amazing podcast, Good Faith Effort. And here's a moment to stop and say, if you're not subscribing to Good Faith Effort, press pause right now and run. It is one of the most incredible, thoughtful podcasts that brings together Torah, thought, ideas. Welcome to the show, Rabbi Dr. Ari Lam. Well, brother, it is so good to be here with you. And thank you for saying that. It's very kind. I mean it completely. And now it falls to you to explain to us the strangeness. I mean, come on, if your clothes fall into water on Shabbat, even if people are watching, why shouldn't you be allowed to do a thing that is halachically permitted just because people may think that it's uh, untoward? So this dispute between the Tanaim and this piece of the Talmud really gets to the heart of what it means to not just be Jewish, but to be human. What does it mean to be a human being? created in the image of God. Because if you think about it, what we're being asked here is to consider when we act in a particular way, and the particular way that we're acting is under certain circumstances going to impact the behavior or perhaps influence the behavior of others. So how do we respond to that? So according to the first opinion, which says that if you're going to behave in a way that will negatively impact other people, and I'd say that the implication, of course, is that the same would be true if you're going to impact people positively, right? But if you're going to do something that will impact other people negatively, then the primary concern is what this behavior is going to do to others. So if you can minimize the, or if you can eliminate the negative impact this will have on others, namely by practicing this particular type of behavior in private, assuming there's nothing inherently wrong with it, then you're fine. As long as you're not actually producing you know, a negative outcome for other people, then the way that you're behaving is neutral. It sort of doesn't matter one way or another. As long as you're doing it you know, in the words of the rabbinic parlance, deep inside a room within another room so no one could possibly see it, then it's fine. The other view says that there are certain types of behaviors that could negatively impact other people. And even if you know, that in practice, nobody's actually going to see 
you still have to act as if other people are watching. And therefore, even if you're totally, totally, totally in private, you can't do it. What this tells us is that according to the first view, the nature of one person, of one human being interacting with others is a practical consideration. It's a utilitarian consideration. If it produces bad outcomes in practice, we avoid it. If not, we don't mind. But the second view believes that human relationships, the way in which one person interacts with another person or with other people, isn't just something that we're concerned about from a utilitarian perspective. It actually gets to the heart of who you are. Because everything that you do, even if in theory it's not going to impact other people, you have to consistently and constantly always think of yourself as a relational creature. Because that's what we human beings are. We're always, even when nobody's looking, we're always and we always should be thinking of other people. And the reason that's true is because our ability to relate to other human beings and create real, deep, extraordinary bonds with another human being is the greatest hope that we have for a relationship with God, which is the ultimate relationship that we want. Because if you can create a relationship with a creature that's in the image of God, then certainly you can create one with the real McCoy, with God himself. And, and what, <laughs> the truth is, the best contemporary illustration of this is I was once listening to, to John C. McGinley, who's the actor who plays Dr. Cox on Scrubs. I was, by the way, waiting to see which, <laughs> which sitcom would be referenced in this of our Torah. It happens to be Scrubs. I, I was leaning Superstore, but all, all are welcome. Go ahead. <laughs> well, it had to be one. So I remember listening to John C. McGinley, who's Dr. Cox, who's like this incredible character on Scrubs. And he's talking about, you know, what's the secret to delivering his incredible, hilarious, but dramatic performances. And he revealed, like, years after the show was over, that in every single episode of the show, every single episode, he found one moment where what he was saying was something that he was saying not to any character in the show, not to any person in the show, but he, that he was saying to his son, Max. Now, his son, Max, has Down syndrome. He's a very special child, and he, you know, he talks about him often, and he has a very close relationship with his son. And he said, it was very important for me that in every scene, I, John, John C. McGinley, not Dr. Cox, I, John, the person, could say something to my son to tell him that I love him. And the example that he gives is this moment in the show where he says, and it's kind of like a silly moment, but where he says to Carla, who's one of their characters, just because the man doesn't have feelings doesn't mean he doesn't need you. And there's like, it's this famous line delivery where he like pauses between the words need and you. And it's weird because it's such a strange delivery and you just kind of like end up associating it with John C. McGillian, how great an actor he is. But what he revealed years later is that he could barely get through the line because that was the line that he had picked to actually say to his son, I need you. And he couldn't even get through the line. So there's this big pause between need and you. To everyone listen uh, at home right now, um, I'm not crying. You're crying. Exactly. I felt the same way the first time I heard this. And what that that is actually a direct, contemporary, powerful, vivid illustration of the idea that even even in a room, inside a room where nobody knows it's happening, you can say things to and interact with and influence other people. Just because you're in a room and practically from a utilitarian perspective, you're not going to directly influence someone else's behavior right now, it doesn't matter. And that's what the Talmud is trying to teach us. At heart, at soul, 
at root, we are relational creatures. And just because you're practically in private right now, not around other people, doesn't mean you're no longer a relational creature. It just means you have to relate to people in a different and in many ways deeper type of way. Bye-bye, Dr. Ari Lam. I will wipe away the tears and go to that private room and continue to think about what you said for many days to come. Thank you so much for being our guest. Amen. This has been Take One, a production of Tablet Studios. If you enjoy this show, and I hope you do, please go and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Each week, we'll be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Daf Yomi. I'm your host, Leah Leibowitz, and our producers are Josh Cross, Sarah Fredman-Ader, and Robert Scarmuccia. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash takeone or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. You could find us on Twitter at takeonedafyomi or join our Facebook group by searching for Take One Podcast. I hope we've made your day a little bit more Talmudic and we'll see you again soon. Music